This is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 26. I sound like I'm holding something over my nose, but I'm not. I'm just very sick, so you're just gonna have to fucking deal with it. We should. What we should have done is we all should have held something over our nose and then have the listener guess who was sick. Right. Well, it's too late for that. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. I'm here with Jared and Jay. Uh, Hello. No Lucio. Not today. Sorry. We're two and a half men, the podcast right now. That's just the way it is. Not uh, no no Lucio for the entire month actually. So we fired him. I hope you guys got your got your like jolt of Latin flavor last week because that that's it. He had to go home to the jungles of Argentina. Yep, yep. He got called back because they're having they're having a banana crisis. Yeah, and, fucking uh, plantains are going out of style. Yeah, and so you know they just uh, they they called back the one man that they knew could help them. With uh, with bananas and plantains and other cock shaped fruits. Yeah, is that actually true? <laughs> it's they, as they, true as the fact that Michael is now a zookeeper. Yeah, it's uh, it all lines up. So he's off uh, fighting the Great Banana War. Um, I I just saw Michael today uh, to give him uh, South Park, and he he looked healthy. He looked uh, he looked like he had had seen you know he looked like he'd been through the ringer. He's been feeding himself. He's been feeding himself and others because that's a big part of, of zookeeping. True. So, yeah, he told me that he's up on there's he told me that there's three tenants to zookeeping. He said there's feeding and uh-huh. then there's and then there's cleaning, yeah, uh-huh. which is where you clean up all the things that you fed when they come out. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then he said the third one is friendship. And uh-huh. he said that that was the hardest. But at this point, he feels like he's bonded with all the animals. And, kind of like uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. Um, except in this one, they haven't gone crazy yet and and killed him. Yeah, yeah, they will. He said that there was a secret fourth tenant, which is science, where you experiment on the animals. But I wasn't supposed to talk about that one on the podcast. Well, that's how the Planet of the Apes happens. Yeah, and that's how that's how just uh, that's how the zoo in in Utah operates. Mm-hmm. The Hogel that, Zoo, naturally. For the record, so if you guys are Googling it, the Hogel Zoo uh, conducts horrible animal experiments. Yeah, it sure does. And I, that, that's from an inside anonymous source. I've seen their treatment of the animals there. <laughs> Very anonymous source. I heard Hovertech is testing their hoverboards on animals, which I don't condone. <laughs> yeah, what is, what is, tell me what the scam is that you've linked. It's not a scam. It's actually really impressive. Uh, it's not necessarily video game related, but we can we can twist it a little bit. But, sure. Well, um, it- Video game related. I mean, I've played video games where I was on a hoverboard, and you played Back to the Future video games. Those I, were... And I always felt like Back to the Future Two was uh, the game most suitable for a video game translation. And I also think it's the one that probably never. I mean, none of the Back to the Futures ever really got got justice as uh, video games. But I, I feel like I feel like Two really had some promise because you know there's hoverboards and. There's almanacs and um, just all the stuff that I think of when I think of video games. And so, you know, kind of a bummer that that that, that never really was brought to justice. But anyway, this uh, is it H-U-V-R? H-U-V-R. There's a video yeah. going around and you can find it online. Um, just probably type in H-U-V-R and it's this fake company that has really put a lot of effort into tricking everyone into believing that hoverboards are real. And they have released a star-studded uh, trailer for their imaginary product, 
featuring Christopher Lloyd, who you really wouldn't think would lie to you. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, he betrayed my trust. I looked up to him for years. I'm like, you know, I was a little kid when I saw the Back to the Future movies, and I'm an old man now, and he just like, I always wanted me to all be him. Liars. He taught yeah. me all adults are liars. That's what he taught me. I mean, today, that's he really kind of betrayed us. I aspired to be his character from Taxi. They also have uh, Tony Hawk riding around on the hoverboard. Got really um, fucking old. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then who else was in there? There was uh, I saw Schoolboy Q because I'm up to I'm hip. Yeah. That's, I saw, that's was it Terrell that's Owens? Do they have Terrell yeah, Owens? In Terrell there? Owens and then uh, some actors. Actress, some small actress. <laughs> I don't um, know the name. They had. Uh, I mean, they were they were missing the people that I really want to see, like the surviving members of BB Mac, or yeah, yeah, they they missed that. But other than that, they were pretty close. But yeah, um, if you go to their about us page for their website, one of the guys really looks like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> That's a trustworthy face and. I guess what bugs me about some of the viral stuff is that, uh, like, especially that, they obviously spent a lot of money on it. Uh, but at the end of the day, you still don't know what they're actually advertising. I don't I don't even know that they're advertising anything. I think this might just be, like, for fun and for ad revenue. I mean, this is, like, 2015 is, like, the year that Back to the Future 2 took place in. Right. I, I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, this was actually released for the anniversary of the day that he went to the future. I, I could be wrong about that, but I, uh, I'm i pretty sure that was what the intention was. I'll take your word for it. I'm My back to the future knowledge isn't as good as it used to be. I still remember getting into arguments back in the day about like the ending of 2, though, where he gets struck by lightning. or And I was pretty young when that movie came out, so I didn't have to wait very long to see what happened. But what was there to argue about? I, little, and you're dealing with heavy concepts like time travel... A lot of people misunderstand or misinterpret it. And I, I just remember having a lot of kids my age who were like, that's not how it works. And it's, what's, I mean, what's to misunderstand? The first movie makes an entire big point about being hit by lightning so they can travel back in the past. Hey, you know what? Well, listen, children what? don't always think very clearly. I thought a lot of stuff was amazing when I was a kid, like like shitty made-for-TV movies and but this is this is different from thinking it's amazing. It's just not paying any attention. I I genuinely like, remember. I genuinely remember sitting my sister down with a piece of paper to map out pieces of Back to the Future and be like, "Look, this is what happened." I, I mean, they say it like fifty fucking times. If you get hit by lightning, the DeLorean's going to travel back in the past. Yeah, but she's, she's not watching it for the science. She's watching it for the colors. I, I'm not sure you can call that science. Well, sometimes science is colorful. Yeah, and you know what, guys? Science is colorblind. So yeah, I just feel like that's an inspirational quote that we should have somewhere. <laughs> we'll just put up somebody's name uh, underneath it as as the quote's author. Like, we'll just say that came from Neil deGrasse Tyson or right. something. Put, put me on there. Blind. Eugenics is very racist. Yeah, I, I mean, well, you've defeated my point, but that doesn't make it sound any less inspirational or uh, profound. And I like a statement like that, uh, one that holds no water, but sounds really, really good on tape. I think that's what we've issued here. Okay. Should we talk about actual uh, game news? Because we did have one thing yeah. that, that you covered today, actually. You were the one who found it. I, I remember you sent me a message, and I I didn't have any idea what you were talking about because I didn't actually know this exists. Uh, do, do you want to do the honors? 
Yeah, I'll do the honors. Your so, story. Uh, so Rocksteady Studios is releasing Batman Arkham Knight. That's going to be the third in the trilogy because Origins didn't happen. Um, yeah. And there's uh, it's not a whole lot to say. I mean, they, they showed a little teaser trailer, and it looks like the big deal that they're making out of Arkham Knight is the Batmobile. Yeah, and I think you commented, Jason, that they, uh, within the first few seconds of the trailer, find a, a nice contrived reason to... Uh, once again, have the streets of, of Gotham abandoned. Um, yeah, it just bugs me. It's like, you know, if you want to make like a Godzilla game or something where it's just like all these giant monsters crashing around an empty city, then just do that. Like, why do you have to empty out the city every single time Batman's about to throw down with somebody? <laughs> it's really annoying. Well, and I wonder if it's uh, I wonder if it's just a technical issue and they just, you know, don't have the time or resources to create Liberty City for Batman to prowl around in. I, I, how much? I, is, how much is Batman going to do? Is he going to go during the day as Bruce Wayne and make a deposit in the bank before he goes out and be Batman? Well, but uh, it's, it's just, not. About, it's, it's not about that. It's about like I don't know. Like in all the Batman movies and stuff, I don't think I don't think the city ever gets like evacuated, except for maybe like I don't know, maybe the end of the very end of Batman Begins. But even then, it didn't really get evacuated. I don't know, though, because in a lot of parts, like I'm thinking of the Dark Knight with the truck scene, you know, the, that city's pretty empty when it when it all goes down. But I, I guess the other thing to consider is that there's a lot of issues giving the player an open world as Batman, because in Grand Theft Auto, it makes perfect sense when you go out and punch a granny in the face and then uh, bust out her kneecaps and then run away and then fire but that a was a, monster that was, into her. the thing about the original um Arkham is that they wanted to make it so you know Batman could do whatever they want and uh it was like no Batman has a very strict set of morals we can't do this that has to come out yeah yeah I mean I guess that's the that's the point that I'm making is like you would have this issue where the player is going to go and try to punch the first person that they see regardless of whether it's friend or foe and that really doesn't fit into the Batman canon and so like I don't I don't really know how you have that free agency and at the same time, keep the hero believable. But at the same time, I guess other superhero games have done this. Like, it's never been a problem for Spider-Man. I was going to say, pretty much every other superhero game does this, where it's like, you know... Spider-Man's kind of a dick. <laughs> but still, you have to, like, even in the movies, because obviously Batman only operates at night, except for extenuating circumstances. You know, there's still, like, a nightlife, and there's still people getting mugged at night and everything like that. It just, I don't know, I don't like flying through the city and I like look out across the landscape and there's just nothing there but a bunch of abandoned cars and then occasionally you see like a an MMO group like a mob of thugs that you have to beat up it's just they're just, they're just standing around shooting the shit and they're talking about you of course time. so so here's what you do here's what you do you 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 give them a co-star and make it commissioner gordon right during the day and then at night you become Batman. You 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 sick Hell yeah! Do some actual Batman police work up. during the Actually, day. Actually, I would I would totally play like a like a as Commissioner Gordon and go out on like investigations and right. You just you just like well, that's too much innovation for this game. You you change the game here. <laughs> I mean, it's it's supposedly the end of the trilogy, which we know is bullshit because they'll stretch it out as long as they do. But in case they do do a new one. They should listen to this idea right here and Commissioner Gordon and Batman back to back. Yeah, but that's not going to that doesn't get the the comic book kids excited. They don't want they don't want Commissioner. They want Robin, you know, 
And I, you, you scoff because you didn't, you don't think that anybody could love Robin. But I, I in fact have met folks who are like really excited about what's the, there's a, a DC um, game, a DC video game that's based off League of Legends. Does anybody know what it's called? I don't know. It, it's uh, it's not for me either way because it's two things it, I don't like. Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis. Okay. Infinite Crisis. Well, either way, I I I was talking to somebody the other day who plays that game, and he was super super stoked because uh, like Robin was playable. And yeah, oh, which Robin? I I don't know. Uh, Dick Grayson. Dick or, Grayson is okay. Dick Grayson the dead one? Whichever the dead one. No, it was, uh, Jason Todd's the dead one. Oh, it was, maybe it was him. There was something like. Four Robins, I think it's Dick Grayson, and then you have who is it? Tim Tim Rogers, Tom Ro- Tim Tim Drake. It's Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, um, Jason Todd, and Damian Wayne. Did you know he had a son? I didn't. That's, that's the new Robin, his douchebag son. Yeah, I, uh... I mean, this is really not driving the conversation in any direction. But uh, there you well, go. It's, you, it's... Get, you get your Robin to to choose from. Well, this bat these Batman games are not going in any direction. After after I, Rocksteady opened it up into the big city, and then Origins just let everything flounder and didn't do anything new, and now I'm not sure it, even what they're doing aside from the Batmobile. I didn't play Origins, so I don't know. I I I I'm trying to remember. Did I actually beat Arkham City? I don't remember if I beat it. I I know I fought Rajal Ghul. So I don't know I. how much further I got from him. I don't know actually. if I got past him either. I got like to him, and then I guess I maybe lost interest for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think I did the same thing. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? I've got a game here for us to play. Okay. Hang on, though. I'm, I'm, pulling up, I'm pulling up one little thing here. But Truth or dare? It's not truth or dare. It's not truth or dare. Here's what I would like to do. I'm going to say a name, mm-hmm. and you guys, and you at home, you can do this, too, if, you, if you'd like. I'm going to say a name, and I want you to tell me uh, whether or not this name is the alter ego of a superhero or a porn star. All right, I can do this. That sound like something you can do? Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and start with Arthur Curry. Arthur Curry. That's a hard one. Because it's not really inherently a porno name, or at least it doesn't yeah. sound like one. I'm gonna, it just sounds like one. I, I'm going to guess. Wait. When, when you're thinking of genitals, I don't know that curry's what you want to know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Arthur Curry is not a porn star, but I can't for the life of me remember which which alter ego he is. He's actually Aquaman. <laughs> well, Aquaman, no. I can't remember. Aquaman was born Arthur Curry before he discovered that he was descended from the lost tribe of Atlantis. Yeah, of course. Who enjoyed uh, curry? Let's see. How about next up, Lexington Steel? Well, I know that's a porn star. That's a porn star. Wow how did you how did you know that so clearly? <laughs> the only person that uses the name Lexington is kind of automatically white trash. Actually, he's a black guy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, there goes my racism for you. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. Take that, black man. What's next? Okay, next up is John Irons. John Irons is a superhero. Who is he? Isn't he Steel? He is Steel. Yeah. Wow, well, very well done. Man, with my porn knowledge and Jay's comic book knowledge, we're going to go far <laughs> in this game. Yeah, let's let's just let's just do a couple more. I'm uh <laughs> I'm enjoying these. Okay? Next up, Alec Holland. I'm I'm going to guess not a porn star. Yeah, uh, Jason, do you agree? I uh, 
I'll have to agree. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you both are correct. He is okay. the DC superhero Swamp Thing. Oh. Oh. oh, yeah. That does. Now I do remember that. All right. Okay, let's then. do. Uh, let's do two more. This is a good one. We have Jeff Stryker. Jeff Stryker. Jeff Stryker. Boy, uh, okay. That seems a lot like a superhero alter ego. Yeah, it sounds like an alter ego. You think you, we're going for alter ego? I mean, man, I'll just, I'll say porn name. I'll just be the, I'll be the opposite one. Jeff, right. Jeff Stryker is indeed an American pornographic actor. <laughs> okay. <There laughs> and then uh, let's, let's do, let's do one last one for good measure. Uh, Ralph Dibney. Ralph Dibney's a superhero. Who, who is he? God, uh, I would be impressed because I've never even heard of this person. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. He's so, I, I know he's DC. I know that's right. Is it? I don't even know if that. I don't even know if this could like become DC. Let's see. I mean, it seems like it because it's an answer. I, I, I want to say he's like Rubberman or something like that. Oh yeah, he's a member of the Justice League. Oh great, okay. he is the elongated man. Okay, all right. In... <laughs> which, which to be fair, is an awful <laughs> lot like a porn name. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, hey there, baby. It's me. Uh, Looks well, like- at least my at least I mean I didn't nail it like steel, but my brain was in the ballpark of who it could be. Like Ralph Dibney, the elongated man, <laughs> does, does not sound so much like a superhero in the context here. I do have one, one last one, last one grand finale. Here you guys go. You should get this. It's easy. Uh, Dale DeBone. Uh, Dale DeBone's a porn star. Dale DeBone is indeed a porn star. I actually, I, I've actually watched some of his ranty videos online about how hard his life is. Like he has a whole series on YouTube talking about, you know, how he was exploited in the porn industry. So he went and tried to become a Hollywood actor, and no one wanted him. He tried to be a stuntman, and it's just like these really long, whiny rants from this grown man. He's quite the character, Dale DeBone. <laughs> and a lot of these guys really sound like they could be superheroes, though. Like, like, damn, Jeff Stryker, Lexington Steele. <laughs> I, I don't know so much about Brian Pumper, but... Brian Pumper. Brian Pumper. Brian Pumper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, there you go. That was a, that was a good game of, uh, of Alter Ego or Porn Star. We'll have, to, we'll have to play that again. I mean, sometime. I think we almost got every single one anyways. Uh, just about. Um, Pretty damn good. Yeah, we're we're the pros. How did you do at home? Leave leave us a comment. And <laughs> yeah, leave us a comment. And let us know. I don't really know if you'd want to do all that well. I'm not really sure what it says about you. Don't yeah, lie and look it them up. Say anything good about you one way or the other? Why do you know okay. so much about male porn? Because they're not they're not gay male porn stars. Yeah, uh, they're not. So it's true. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't explain why you know so much about them. I I don't know. Um, I'm curious. There's questions to be answered here. I don't have your answers. But uh so should we should we talk about some of the the hot games that we've been playing this week? Sure. I guess I'm the only one who really has anything to report about, but um I picked up uh Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 because I wanted to foolishly play that more than Donkey Kong Country Returns. Oh. Uh- <laughs> Foolishly play it more. Okay. This is this is not the first time that my own selfishness has caused me to probably play a bad game as opposed to a good one. There's so much hate on Donkey Kong lately. I really just wasn't feeling it. It's nothing personal. I love him. He's he's great Kong. He gave me an N64 why does, expansion. Why does nobody pack. think that Donkey Kong Country Returns is great? It looks fucking great to me. 
Uh, it's okay. So I'll go back in time real quick and tell you what was wrong with Donkey Kong Country Returns. They took some core features and they mapped them to motion controls to oh, and oh. not and not like not like good motion controls, but like shake the remote when you want. I can't even remember what he what he did when you shook the remote. It's been so long, but it it was obnoxious to play. It, this this game fixes that. It's all buttons from what I hear. It's also really, really almost ridiculously hard sometimes. Like, it makes Mario games look look pretty childish by comparison. As a matter of fact, I've heard some people compare Tropical Freeze, the new one, to Dark Souls, which um, doesn't okay. even seem like a fair comparison, especially because Dark Souls is kind of easy sometimes when when you figure it out. Yeah, I mean, after you get your ass plowed the first time, and then you die, and then you go back. Yeah, you have to you have to take it, you know, a couple times, but you get it figured out. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I picked up Lords of Shadow 2, which is a direct continuation of Lords of Shadow. Uh, picks up right where the first one... I know that we've apparently been over this, Jay. Did you say you had played the first Lords of Shadow? I did play the first one, and then... Um, wasn't, you... there an, wasn't there like a DLC to it, though, that, that bridged the stories? Uh, I didn't play that. The only thing that I think you need to have seen is the epilogue. And I assume that you remember that epilogue, right? Yeah. I'll I'll put this in my review uh, when I'm talking about this, but uh, if you haven't played Lords of Shadow 1, then I guess close your ears because I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. But um, Lords of Shadow was kind of like this mediocre game that was just okay, just okay, just okay. And then at the end, literally after the credits rolled, it wrote this gigantic check that you could not wait for it to cash where the entire thing, uh, you know, time jumped like two centuries and your main character who, uh, you know, was formerly a, a good hearted Belmont is now Dracula and he's hiding out in a in a castle, which you find out is actually like embedded into a modern day city. And so you're you're all stoked because you're like, whoa, cool. It's a it's a time jump. And uh it's it, uh, like I said, it, it writes a check that it ultimately can't cash because it's it's kind of it doesn't really follow up very well with that. in in Lords of Shadow 2, the game does this thing that I'm sure that both of you guys are familiar with, where as soon as you start, you have all your powers and then it takes them away <laughs> and then it takes every single one of them away. Right. And the thing is, is they're mostly they're mostly all the same powers that you had in Lords of Shadow 1. And so they they take away the powers and then you spend the game earning them back and you're not earning back different powers. It's the same weapons. It's the same combos. Uh, it's, that's lame. It's pretty much the same stuff. Yeah, Metroid you're, does that all the time. Prototype did that. Yeah. I mean, Met- Metroid, Metroid does it, but you get new new things. Yeah. And and, and, and in Metroid, it makes sense because, you know, that then you don't really have a game to oh, yeah. go and, to. But to. And I don't think Metroid ever, like, makes you play with all your cool stuff and then takes it away. I think they just take it away right off the bat. Right? Yeah, I mean, they take they, they, they give it to you fairly early. You don't have everything, I think, um, in Metroid. You have a few things, like the power missile. Because I know Prototype. Um, when you start Prototype, you have, like, everything, and you're just this monstrosity, and you're like, hell yeah, and then they take it all away, and you're like, uh, okay. You see, I I guess I guess in a game in, in, like Prototype, I can also, unless we're talking about Prototype too, which I didn't play it. I didn't play it. Um, but in Prototype, I can understand because it's like, oh, this is what you can become, and then you have to go back and get it, and that's kind of understandable. I think something like what it sounds like Castlevania is doing is just completely lame because it's like, okay, we already saw all these powers in the first game, 
and you couldn't think of anything new or original, so you had to go and get them all over again. And, and I shouldn't say that everything is is uh, from the original, because that's not really being true. But your three core weapons are identical, and most of the combos that you unlock, and that's what you spend you know, the majority of your experience points unlocking are the combos. And it's hard to get excited about getting them because so many of them are the same. And then on top of it, a lot of them, they're kind of useless because the enemies are, are uh, have unblockable attacks really frequently. <laughs> and so a lot of times you'll unlock like this, you know, really dramatic, cool looking combo, but you can never pull it off because by the time you, you know, put in the input for it, you've already been hit by an unblockable attack. That that part's a, a little disappointing. I, I wish that they had kind of been a little more creative with the, the core combat and made some changes. What really kills me is they make this big deal about how you don't have your weapon from the original game. You're actually trying to get it so that you can uh, die, basically, because you're tired of being immortal Dracula. And uh, but But you do, luckily, have a weapon that works exactly like it in every way. I don't know. It just it feels kind of kind of cheap. That does sound kind of cheap. Um, um, the other the other maybe two things I'd mention is so far the game has not topped the tutorial. Uh, the tutorial the, tutor- the tutorial opens with you scaling the largest enemy that I have seen in the game. It's a it's like some kind of giant mechanized priest robot, and uh, you climb to the top of it and. When you get to the top of it, you rip off some shielding and then you vomit blood on the robot's brain to shut it down. Uh, That's nice. And I just don't know that there's anywhere to go but down from that high, high point. But see, that's the that's that's the uh, I think that's the thing with a lot of games. I remember when I played uh, Saints Row the Third, and we had that like kind of epic opening. I was like, okay, this game's not going to get any better because I'm so used to games kind of blowing their load in the intro like that. And then everything else is just kind of mundane and boring. And like, and like the third was one of the few games where it kept trying to top itself. But this sounds like more of the same. I always kind of felt this way about God of War 3. I, I felt like it started and it starts with like this crazy ass battle against this giant titan. And uh, then the kind of the game kind of like scales down and scales down and scales down until the final boss is just, you know, you against Zeus and there's nothing really all that special about it. like it, it's just it's just like they blew the budget you know right at the beginning and, and yeah. kind of just and I feel like that happens more with games you know in a movie you have like this this very structured like finite plan and so you can you can make arrangements to have this big blowout at the end but I feel like with games a lot of times they they start with like this explosive beginning and then it just kind of like fizzles out as they go like all right we Spend, I don't really get all that, that money. It's like, you know, you already bought the game, so what are they trying to impress you with? Yeah, um, that, that is true. Although, I guess they're, you know, the beginning is usually the segment that you would put into a demo, and when you take yeah, it to trade yeah. shows and stuff like that, that's the part that you're showing off. You're not showing off the middle of the game or or anything like that. So, I, I, I mean, there is some value to really polishing those those first couple hours but uh, it's a it's a drag when the game's twenty hours and uh, like nothing more interesting has happened than that. And then the other thing I was going to mention is this is this is the the worst thing that they have done to Lords of Shadow, which I would say if it, we didn't have the site running when Lords of Shadow came out, that was like two thousand ten, I think, when that yeah. came out. Um, if I was to score it back when I played it, I probably would have given it a three, maybe a four. 
if I was being yeah. particularly generous, I would have given it a four. Yeah, it sounds um, like sounds like about a three or whatever. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. And the problem is that Lords of Shadow Two pretty much fixes nothing that I found uninteresting God. or boring about one, and instead introduces new problems. And uh, the, biggest, the biggest one so far is: Do you know what I have never ever thought Castlevania needed? Uh, stealth segments. <laughs> I was never sitting back in my chair. I was like, you know, all this vampire killing is great, but I wish I could hide from the monsters. Well, to be fair, the meat has always hidden in the walls. I guess that's true. But stealth meat. Stealth meat. And I, I would actually play a game where you're just meat that, that has to stealth. and like You have to hide from Simon so that you don't get whipped and eaten. Quick, get in that candle or he's going to eat you. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty okay, actually. But so you... You run into this enemy. Uh, th- there's uh, there's a set of enemies that you regularly encounter in the present day. The game is a split timeline, so you go back in time and then you go forward in time to play the modern day stuff. And the enemies in in the present day, you can't you write actually. It down on a chart. Did I write it down on a chart? No, Make not yet. Oh, to <laughs> to explain it, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the enemies in the present day, the the big bad guys, the the big guards, you can't kill them. They're not that much taller than you, but you you just can't kill them. If they see you, it's like two shots and you're dead. And so they're they're your first experience with forced stealth. And meanwhile, you're fighting like gigantic monsters that are five times your size. But these these dudes with like these guns are just able to mow you down and destroy you immediately. And then the worst one so far. So the moral is always bring a gun. I guess so. The other other enemies have guns too that they shoot at you and you don't die. So I don't understand why this one particular type is so I- invulnerable, um, but they are. And then the the worst one is there's a boss that you fight where you encounter him in like a graveyard, and you have to hide from him. And you you do this by avoiding walking on these piles of leaves all around. If you walk on the leaves, then he hears you and he runs towards you. And if he catches you. He'll stab you with his like uh, pole arm, and then you go back to the beginning and you get to try again. And if you get a game over here, uh, you even remark in the game over screen, you're like, he, this this guy thinks he's tough, but he's just a small impediment to me. And, like, <laughs> you, But you, you get caught by him a lot. And so the thing is, is you sneak around him and you open this gate and then, and then you walk through the gate, you sneak through the gate. And after you do that, you just have a normal boss fight with him. So oh, why did yeah. why did I have to hide from him? It's one of those instances where you're kind of breaking that realism. Like even even in a game where there's not expected to be any realism, that's pushing it too far. Right, right. And and so like it would have been so simple for them to just have the guy come in and like, you know, stab you with his special item and uh steal some of your blood and it happens to be the blood where all your power is and you have to Go get that before you can fight him. But it literally is just hide from this guy because I don't know why. We're not in the boss room. I mean, <laughs> to be completely honest, between this and, um, you know, Lucio's lightning return review, I'm I'm starting to think that the Japanese have just given up on even bothering to plan a storyline for these things. Just mm, I'm pretty sure Mercury Steam is all U.S. based. Is it all U.S.? I thought, I thought, um... These are these are the folks I who the, I thought the director was Japanese. Publisher Economy, producer Dave Cox, which doesn't sound very Japanese. 
No, but I meant the director. There actually, there actually isn't a director listed on Wikipedia for whatever huh. reason. Oh, huh, that's weird. Uh, development. Let's see. Uh, QuickTime events. Oh yeah, it's got QuickTime events. That's good. <laughs> Three uh, cheers for QuickTime events. Always need more of those. Controversy. Oh yeah, there's a big controversial scene that really upset a bunch of people, and I was actually disappointed because it didn't go as far as I wanted it to. Not as far as our podcasts usually go. I just think if you're gonna, uh, I won't, I won't spoil it, I guess. But they kind of, they they just, care. they just, oh, well, I guess, I guess, yeah, that's true. Who cares? So the the big the big scene that upset a lot of people is when you wake up as Dracula, you're very very weak because uh, it's been thousands of years. And uh, to the person who's helping you in order to heal you up and get you back to full strength and, and make you happy again, he locks you in a room with a family, like like a mom and a dad and a little kid. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you know what he wants you to do to them. He wants you to to uh, to feast upon their blood. Well, wait a minute. Everybody is like a son or a daughter or... What the? What is this nonsense? Like, well, what's what's upsetting is that you eat the kid too. Well, uh, so or, what? Well, I, I guess I guess I should say I presume that you eat the kid because you you do you do drink the dad's blood and then you drink the mom's blood and then it goes black because they're not they're not brave enough to actually go all the way with it. Well, of course, they and fair enough to them because all they did was show the implication and people lost their minds. So. I guess that's re- I, I just I don't get it. I I feel like everyone should be treated equally, uh, kids included. And so if I want to smash a child's brains in, in uh, Skyrim, that's why you like that's why you like um, Last of Us so much because they really did treat kids equally in that game. That's absolutely true. Like when Ellie gets caught, she dies in just as horrible, gruesome ways as as Joel does, and uh, that is true equality right there, ladies and gentlemen. I I celebrate that already, and, and it's just like with um. With Tomb Raider, everybody got up in arms about how violent uh, Lara Croft's deaths could be. Like they they got pretty gruesome at some points. Yeah, but they were always that. But that's a quality right there, man. Like not only are you in a video game, but you are dying horrible, heinous, you know, limb ripping deaths. And uh, you know that's that's what it's all about. That's that's true. Equality. I actually didn't die that much in Tomb Raider. I lost to the river section a couple of times, but it's yeah, well, and that. that's that's the one that really scars you anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is the one that really scars. The you. others aren't that bad, but it's when you have a giant pike rammed through your head that you really. I must say, I've seen enough women have their spines ripped out in like Mortal Kombat and stuff. It's always surprising how people who are easily offended have such poor memories that they can't remember every single time something like this offends them. They're like, oh my god, I, this I, is I, I think Tomb Raider is a unique ex- exception because every time someone talks about Tomb Raider, they seem to forget the fact that the earlier games are like this too. Yeah. They're, entire, they're, like, they're like one hour videos online dedicated to Laura Croft dying over and over again. And you know what? She dies. She dies just as good as a man. That's she what does I die think. just as good as a man. And I think that's the point here. I think that's what... Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, Lords of Shadow. I, I would not recommend it. Um, it's definitely worse than the first one. Uh, if you liked the first one, maybe this one will will you know maintain what you liked so much about it. But there's there's more wrong here than than was wrong with the original Lords of Shadow, which is too bad. I, I guess the reason why it's so disappointing is I feel like they had such a fresh and like new concept with the with the time jump. The the fact that you get into the game and almost immediately go back in time to your old shitty castle. 
thousands of years ago like it's 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 opportunity wasted like uh i mean a few of castlevania's been doing that though it's like they've had a couple of castlevanias now that take place in the 2000s and 2045 and all this shit and all and all all the time it's always dracula's castle again doesn't really matter what timeline you're in yeah i guess that's true i mean it's just uh i thought it was a bummer so anyway uh lords of shadow it it continues the story and it continues it fairly well. It's tricky because it's hard to tell whether or not they're trying to be serious or trying to like have a little wink at you. I don't know. I I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to I'm actually uh, I've been recording footage of this, so I'll probably compile it all into a video review and uh, get that released. Maybe maybe this weekend. I'm hoping I can finish it tonight or tomorrow. I actually saw somebody playing um, Strider yesterday. And uh, did you slap the controller out of their hands and say, no, <laughs> what are I, you doing? I will comment that it's I mean, it's it seems to be a clear like reimagining of the NES version. I mean, the soundtrack is identical. It's like all mm. remix versions of all the NES music, which I actually <laughs> like the music from the original NES game. But the gameplay does look a little like it just looks kind of generic. It's hard to it has pin down. it has a lot of callbacks. Um, so if you're like a fan of the series, you're going to see a ton of shit in that game that you recognize and are, are going to be like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, so, I just speaking, speaking of, uh, callbacks. Uh, huh. Am I supposed to know that one? And just, yeah, yeah. Shit. Uh, gonna, let's see. Call we, callback. Call. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, um, Elder Scrolls online. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I actually, that's the reason I'm not done with Castlevania was because I uh, promised a friend that I would that I would play it. Um, I see. I I had a film to get done this weekend, and so what happened is I what what had happened was I had gone out to finish the film, and then I got very sick, <laughs> so that didn't happen either. So I didn't get to play Elder Scrolls, and I didn't get to finish my film. It's done a really good job of helping me to illustrate why I don't like MMOs. Uh, in general, like I just don't like the current model for it. I don't like the WoW model, and I feel like that's what everybody's trying to do nowadays is just imitate WoW, and uh, and none of them really do quite as well. Like I, I don't like uh, I, I don't like the way the world's laid out. There's a couple quests in Elder Scrolls where you're asked to like pick up items on the ground, and so you're sharing this world with everybody else, and it's super fucking crowded because there's only three potential shard, essentially, things that you can get onto. The sky shards? Oh, no, 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 no. no. I, 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 I call them shards I, back from Ultimate. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But server or whatever you want to call it. But there's, there's no, only three. No, there really, is, there really, really only is one server, and then it's just split up into a few different shards. That's yeah, so there's only three divisions, and so that means that everywhere is crowded as shit. And yeah. so, like, I get this quest where it's no, like, pick this no, item, pick pick these items up off the ground. You'll find these flowers glow, growing. And every time I find one, some other fucker runs in and, and picks it, and then I have to sit and wait for it to respawn. But see, the okay, I don't I don't remember that many uh, collection quests when I played. But I, I one major problem with this kind of server setup that they have, and I don't know if they fixed this. Maybe you can tell me if they did. But okay. uh, if you start Daggerfall Covenant. Then on the second island that you go to, which is the one owned by the orcs, Bethic or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, there's a graveyard quest where you have to defeat something like three different wraith lords or whatever the fuck they're called. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So what used to happen in this quest 
is only one person could summon it at the time. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, once they stuck their staff in, they would then have to choose to summon it. And then the enemy would phase in or wouldn't phase in, and then whoever kind of tagged it got it. But the person who put the staff in could choose not to summon it, leave the staff there, and then no one else could put their staff in to summon it either. And you could literally bottleneck the entire faction. No, Why like would that. anybody do that? They they fixed that. Why would anybody in this well-to-do internet do such a thing? <laughs> now, <laughs> well, because I the the reason I ask is because um, it was actually broken in both both um the versions that I played of it. So they, now I, I should clarify that that quest was broken when I went to do it uh, because one of the one of the guys that you summoned glitched out and. Uh, you can always tell when an objective is glitched in the beta because you run up and there's like seven people standing around waiting for it. And you know <laughs> that something has gone terribly wrong. But it was pretty, it wasn't because of that. So you, you could just summon it freely. It didn't even require the item to do it. Okay. Um, and then if, if it appeared and you got a hit on it, then you got credit for it. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of learned that the thing to do is to get a ranged attack. And if I was running up on an objective, just see if I could get like a, you know, just just basically keep spamming my ranged attack until it it came into range, and sometimes I could get a hit on it before everybody killed it. And well, uh, see, the, the thing is, just because they fix that instance of the problem doesn't mean it can't occur again. Well, and it, I think I think it just makes the game unfun. Like I don't want to. I don't know if you remember when when PlayStation Home launched, but there was so many people compared to such finite stuff to do. That you yeah. wound up waiting in line a lot of the times. <laughs> like you go to the arcade and there's all, there's like ten arcade machines for two hundred people, and so you're basically waiting in line to go do it, and that's not fun. It's not fun to just wait in line to play the game, right? And uh, that's how that's how it feels a lot of the time. And like to me, I don't know about you guys, but to me, the magic of the Elder Scrolls is kind of being alone and like wandering through this area. And, uh, you know, stumbling upon like these abandoned ruins and going and exploring them. And like well, there's kind of this sense of dread of like what's going to be around the corner? What's coming up? The joy and, is in like exploring and knowing that like you can find something, you know, like you can find something by yourself. But it's different if it's just like you're in rush hour traffic and there's just people crowded around like devouring everything in sight and it just kills well yeah and so that's that's the thing is so you get to like these dwemer ruins and they're like let's let's go inside you know and you get a quest and the guy's like oh no one's been in there for hundreds of years and you open the door and (laughs) walk inside and and xxx sephiroth 420 xxx blade is is standing (laughs) in the doorway jumping up and down and there's a guy with no clothes on dancing you know and (laughs) it just it it totally 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 kills the immersion and and really the reason why i like playing the elder scrolls to begin with and then from an mmo perspective i i feel like it's not really doing anything that wow doesn't already do in a more interesting fashion i shouldn't say more interesting because i don't think wow's even very interesting but i I, you're welcome to enlighten me because maybe you know a little bit more about it but nothing that i experienced except for maybe the crafting was uh superior or in some cases even on par to wow like quest sharing. I, I don't know about all that I, I i think i think you know i definitely agree in terms of the exploration and um you know just in terms of, in terms of the map layout i mean it's 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 very linear progression which i mean you know, you can, kind you of can, map, map and then and, explore uh, on that second island i walked all the way to the top well past the quest zone yeah but it's, it's but it's, it's but it's too high i couldn't do anything i i had to l- avoid mobs and if someone saw me i needed to run away 
but it's still it's still the same exact kind of exploration as uh, World of Warcraft because you're still stuck to zone each time, right? Um, and enemies, uh, you know, they don't scale with you. It's like these enemies are locked at this level. So I, I agree with that. I think in terms of the classes and the combat, I actually quite like it. What they did there was they did their best to kind of recall the Elder Scrolls. Um, and you can have a little bit of fun with the build, so it's 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 a weird it's a weird kind of hybrid where, um, yeah, you're picking one type of class, but you can kind of build that class in other ways. And I'm not saying that other MMOs haven't done that already. Uh, Guild Wars Two has done it, Rift has done it, you know. But it gives you some kind of like form of uh, customization. And I found I don't know what class you played. I ended up playing the um, oh um, shit, what was I the I was the the punch monger or the fight the war fight guy war the, fight yeah no the would, um the the it's the it's the rogue class essentially yeah yeah I, I I played the same thing and so I think what was really cool about that is you can uh you know you unlock your abilities on your tree however you kind of want and then you have the option to kind of mutate abilities mm-hmm. and that's when the skills kind of start to get different so when I when I played that class uh the nightblade I think it's called. When I when I played a Nightblade, I kind of slanted all my abilities to be pretty vampiric. So it was always kind of a race, you know, I didn't have very much armor or whatever, so it was always kind of a race to see if I could kill an enemy before it killed me and if I can like kill myself enough with my own attacks to kind of do this. And I think I think people have found kind of within that combat system, they've been able to tweak the different classes in little ways that uh you know, give you a little, little more experience and um you know, the guilds are very useful in that uh, they also give you a kind of additional options to your abilities, and they don't lock you off from joining additional guilds. You can use whatever weapon you want with any class and build yourself kind of that way. So I think in terms of combat, they present a lot of interesting stuff. And I think in terms of combat, it's also a lot more kind of engaging than uh, World of Warcraft combat is, and that you're not just standing there and pushing a button. You kind of have to dodge, and you kind of have to try and um, parry attacks and all this kind of stuff. So I... I think at least that part of the game is interesting. I'm I I, I I'm I'm kind of eye to eye with you in terms of questing and exploration, but I I do think oh, I like man. the combat system in that. And the quests are so boring, and there's nothing that's more exciting than, like I said, I even though even though there wasn't as many like go kill this many of this thing or anything like that, a lot of it is still pretty close and borderline, and uh, I. I think that this is going to appeal to a certain type of person, but I am just completely and utterly not this person. And it, it talking about Rust a couple of weeks ago really went a long way in helping me to kind of craft or, or, or better, better get a better idea of what exactly I liked so much about that era and what I liked about MMOs back then. And what I, and I see this in Eve now, if I, if I had the, um, you know, the time and energy to play it, I totally would because it's that, it's that game where, there's there's not really any goal like you log in and there there isn't a a quest system for you to tap into and elder scrolls feels very guided like they're like okay now go here now go here oh don't go there you're not ready for that yet you know come back go go here go here whereas ultima was like you drop into the world and you don't what what do i do now and it's like well i guess i'll become a higher level and then just as you do that like gameplay kind of just appeared out of nowhere like you you're walking through the woods and you see a house and you're like what i want a house and so you start saving up money to get a house and 
you meet a guy and he's an asshole, and so you get with so your you're friends. Like, I want to be like, an let's, asshole. Let's go rob that guy. Let's go. Let's go mess with that guy's shit. And um, yeah, let's go lock him out of his own house. But nobody, <laughs> nobody was there being like, "Hey, this is what you need to do now." Like, there, there's none of that. It's just do whatever you want. Go, go there and 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 do shit. It's hard and to it's find a quest fun. in Ultima Online. I don't. Well, is, I, I, is there even such a thing? I mean, there probably is now because they. Well, I mean, you walk up to imitate. Wow, a lot of people didn't even realize. But you walk up to like a villager who's standing there, and you're like, "Yeah, I think you say something like, how can I help thee' or whatever.' Oh, that's true. I do remember that actually. Yeah, they want Wait, you to like take them places for money. Oh shit, escort quests yeah. and stuff. I've forgotten about a lot of that. See, how, how come I never get to escort anybody anymore? And even better, how come no one can run in and kill the person I'm escorting? Because you, you know what's well, wrong with escort I... quests and MMOs these days? The escort either walks oh. faster than your walking speed or slower than your running speed. All right, before we get into too much into ripping on MMOs, I, there are a few other nice things I want to talk about with the SO. Sure, I'm. I'm and I'd I, love I, to hear the the silver lining. I mean, I think there. I think there are a couple. I I think what they try to do with um Elder Scrolls Online is they try to find that kind of middle ground between something that feels like the modern template for an MMO and uh, what Elder Scrolls actually is. And I think due to some uh, technological limitations, they weren't able to kind of uh, meet that full potential. But you know, I do think it's a nice effort. I think I think I was pleasantly surprised with how much closer to Elder Scrolls it felt like than I thought it was going to feel like. And, um, you know, one one thing that I thought was kind of nice was the fact that you get to build up this little crew. Like, they, 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 they use phasing a lot in the Elder Scrolls Online. So you have the option to kind of go out and find these characters and add them to the crew of your ship, um, which does have story consequences later on. Or you can just, you know, find one of them and decide, fuck the rest of these assholes and kind of move on with the story. Um, and I thought kind of like little touches like that were nice, even though you can kind of see the seams a little bit. I, I did. Um, I did like that quest. I'll, I'll give some credit for that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I think there are, there are a couple of uh, nice little things. There. I, I, my, my big fear over Elder Scrolls Online, which is uh, even bigger than it just being a World of Warcraft clone. And it feels like everything in the game is kind of geared towards uh, PvP. And if that's the case, then that would be a title that I stay away from. It it feels like everyone's supposed to kind of get to Cyrodiil, and everyone's supposed to kind of start fighting over the Empire and whose faction controls what. And I can see that kind of teetering out. Like, like it feels like it's all centered around one big battleground. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got that far. I I, uh, I saw the the map for it, but I didn't actually get to really do anything with it. But I, I actually. See, I'm I'm almost the exact opposite. Where that was the stuff that I thought was really intriguing, and I'm not really sure how the Imperial City works. Is that just like under a particular faction's control at any given time? Or I yeah, I, I I'm under the impression that the Imperial City is just a giant uh, battleground, but I never actually See, got there. I wouldn't I wouldn't like that because I don't feel like that makes sense. But what I wouldn't mind is like you know, depending on how a certain faction is doing in the in the game, they control that city. And so, you, like, they get to go into that city and it's friendly, but if you go anywhere near it, you get wrecked or something yeah, like that. Like, that, that could be cool. Kind of, well, I was yeah. just going to say, it kind of reminds me of uh, Dark, Dark Ages of Camelot had a, an old kind of faction system that was really, really similar uh, in, in the way it felt. And I don't remember if there was actually, like, player-controlled towns that could shift uh, shift factions, but... I want to say there was. It's been so long since I played that game. It's tough to tough to recall that for sure. But 
I think that's a cool notion. I think that's a that's a fresh thing to like fight over and have a reason to go out and actually do something. And I and I think the the, the last thing that's kind of nice about Elder Scrolls Online, it which also works against it, is um you know it does give you a chance to explore a little bit more of the um Elder Scrolls universe than most of the games give us. So it's not it's not a lot, but something like Strauss Mackay, where you haven't really been to any of the Red Guard lands before. I thought that was kind of nice. And, um, you know, I, 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 it's, it's a little disappointing depending on what faction you're in. It feels like in terms of Daggerfall, they made sure that you really experience all three races with Ebonheart. It just feels kind of like you're replaying a lower grade Skyrim. So it doesn't feel as nice and it's very boring. Do the, um, um, just out of curiosity, cause I, I didn't play the other two factions. Do they also open up on islands like the Daggerfall ones do? Yeah, they they each get their own yeah. little individual islands. Like like for Ebonheart, it's some island off the coast of Skyrim, which uh, you know, feel if you played Skyrim, it feels a lot like that game. But the graphics are kind of like solo grade. For something like uh, Stros Mackay, it's great because you haven't been, like I said, you haven't been to any Redguard lands before. But for something like Skyrim, you go there and then you compare it to the main game, and you're like, oh man, this is this sucks. Well, I, uh, I I just think that it feels. Uh, stifling and I, I think it's against one of the core tenets of, of the Elder Scrolls to me which is let's get dropped into the world and let's go over there why not we we can do that and like this is the exact opposite where it's like let's get into that world and then you're going to stay right here while you learn the game and then I'm going to take you to a slightly bigger island where you can learn the game more and then if you're a very good boy you can go to the big big <laughs> island right and, I, and I, I, I do agree with you on that point I think I think there's something it would have been nice to see them put uh, that phasing technology to a little bit better use. Like the um, worst, I, I don't know if you guys would agree to this, but the worst starting zone in Vanilla WoW was the Night Elf one because you were so disconnected from just everything. Whereas if you rolled like human or something like that, you know, you're in Goldshire and it's like, I'm going to I'm going to walk to the Undercity and you can do that. I don't think I ever made a Night Elf. Well, it sucked. <laughs> Mostly... Yeah, night night off, night off. You're you're blocked from the rest of the world for a good yeah. long time, where anyone else can go wherever the fuck they want. Yeah, uh, you know, if you roll, I think I think pretty much yeah, aside from maybe stuff that's happened in the expansions, because I know that some of those are relegated to islands too. Um, in the in the ex, in the expansions, um, they are right. relegated to islands, but they're a lot more story driven, so it's kind of more fun to play through. Right, right. Kind of sounds like Elder Scrolls Online is in the sort of Terra situation, which is, you know, does goes the extra mile for the combat, which is new and kind of fun, but then completely forgets to do anything new with the quests. Oh, the, yeah, the quests I, are I the worst part, fair. I thought. Uh, and maybe they get better. I didn't I didn't finish the second island because I just didn't care. No, there, there were, there were I, it was very back and forth. I, I, I really liked the quest on uh, Strauss Mackay on the first island. Um, yeah, see, I don't... I'm, on on the second island, I was in Asfrode, and then finally you get to Daggerfall, and it's really a mixed bag. A lot of it's kind of like, a lot of it's literally the same shit you've seen in WoW, because you're dealing with uh, an evil call to necromancers and werewolves and all this kind of stuff. And then some other stuff is really cool, because you're dealing with, um, you know, a covenant of witches who kind of protect the land. And it's like, oh yeah, this is some of that Elder Scrolls lore that I signed up for, so it's very... I did, very I did like... Um... I liked Daggerfall. I mean, the city was nice. It was a, 
they've done a good job of making it feel like Elder Scrolls from a play perspective. You know, like like just the UI and uh, the combat feels somewhat similar and maybe even a little better in some ways. But like, I, I don't know. Like I said, I just I, for me, it's not what I play Elder Scrolls games for. It's it's not what I enjoy uh, from. Them. And I, I, I think there are two real camps over this. I think there I think there's going to be the one camp that's like, this is definitely not Elder Scrolls and I'm not going to touch this. And there's going to be the other camp that, oh, no, this is this is what it can look like as an MMO. And I definitely want to learn more about the lore and all that that I can't get in the other games. So I, I and I, I feel like that's just the general opinion kind of online that it's just you you just can't you know it's team edward or team jacob that's what it is it's one thing i saw tweeted out once someone said uh bethesda doesn't realize we didn't want a elder scrolls mmo we wanted skyrim multiplayer and i think yeah. a lot of people feel that way yeah i think that would have been better I, and i think it's a little weird that they did an mmo before they did multiplayer for uh the main so franchise help help me uh help me understand if i'm remembering this incorrectly or not but one of the things that really bugged me was i was playing with a friend and there didn't really feel like a lot of incentive to stay with that friend like i i had a lot more luck and, and that's partly because of who that friend was and like he's he's wants to find all the sky shards and seems to forget that like that character's probably gonna get wiped before the game comes out and it doesn't really <laughs> matter um but uh and so, like, I just wanted to see as much of the content as I could. Yeah. And so I, I was kind of going through more of it than he was. He was, you know, worried about crafting the perfect sword. And I'm like, who cares, man? It's just going to disappear. And um, but one of the things that bugged me is the questing system in WoW. And I, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but in WoW, when you join into a group with people, there's I'm remembering it as a leader who sets the quest that you're working on and then everybody sees those objectives and sees that on the map marker. I mean, there's a share quest button, or there should be. So when one person in the party has a quest that nobody else has, they click share quest and everybody else gets the quest pop up. Well, but couldn't you set it so that, like, if you were doing a particular quest, everybody would... Well, I guess maybe not. Maybe maybe uh, later on, but I don't remember that from... It just it felt really disconnected. Like when we were working on stuff, it was it was hard to keep track of. It like, can be hard quest, because what if, quest are you doing and what's what if, phase are you on? If, and, right, if the phases are important, if you're in the middle of an arc, then you can't give them the quest. They have to start the arc from the beginning, so then you have to run them back to find whoever starts the arc, so they can actually take the quest themselves. Yeah, and, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I I just felt really I felt really disconnected from the other player, and like I said, I, I, well, I, I didn't really I, see an incentive to hang out with them because the world is so crowded that there wasn't a mob that I ever had trouble killing because seven other people were there hitting it not, too. I, I can I can tell you right now, it's not even that because uh, Elder Scrolls very much comes from that new mentality of even though it's an MMO, everything has to be soloable. So I think every single on my first character there on my first uh, Nightblade, I got to level nine. And I only had a partner with one other person once the entire time. I didn't. You know, I wouldn't have had to partner with anybody because, like I said, it was every. You have a partner everywhere you go. There is a person wherever you are going, and he's going to smack whatever you're going to smack. And so it just doesn't. There was no reason to play with a friend because it was faster to just find the people who were hanging I, out I, in a certain area. And well, the, the area I'm talking about was instant, so you did have to bring someone along if you wanted to pass it but um actually that that was my favorite is we found a public dungeon that we played and uh i i did enjoy that i thought that was a, pr- a pretty good time sounds like rift does this a bit better where they they have content that just sort of spews forth onto the world but you can't 
solo it, but you can enter like public groups with people to defeat those things. Well, and I, I think my complaint about crowds is something that will go away when the game comes out and like everything is unlocked and it doesn't have as many people excited about it. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I guess I guess I, I guess I saw what you're talking about in uh, the secret world. And my my huge problem with that is uh, the secret world had a lot a lot of instance areas where, you know, you would be all alone and doing the investigation and it felt a little bit more like the horror movie that they wanted it to be. But man, they did not balance the content at all. It's like if you went in there as a as a certain uh, build, then you were completely screwed, and there's no way to bring anyone else in with you to do it. You you had to do it alone. But I don't know. I just I just want less structure. I want to be more aimless, and uh, I know that's a weird thing to want. But well, then join me, and and we'll play Ultima Online again. God, I you really don't know how much I've been seriously considering it. Like. I've been just reminiscing so much as I've been playing these other things where I was like, man, Ultima was so good. Uh, we, we might have to go bust into like a free server that still has the pre-Renaissance. I, I know. Well, I mean, I know of a server that's like, it's not modded all to hell and back, uh, but it does have like all the, the expansions and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a good way to play basically what is the current state of the official servers for free. And that's always yeah. fun. Yeah, and I mean it's a it's a great game. I think even today, it, I have I have fond memories, and I'm sure that it would curl some of my friends' hair if I asked them to play it and told they them they had at to the screenshots. Told them they had to write, "How can I help you to get a quest?" <laughs> or they actually have to type guards, and or else nobody's going to help them. God, I was looking at. I don't know if you guys, uh, you probably weren't as big into Ultima as me, but there used to be this guy named Spleen, and he he ran a website called Spleen Shots, where he would basically yeah, just, he would post screenshots of him trolling. And I was reading one of my favorites the other day, where he was he found someone who had a guards macro, so every time they wanted to call the guards, they would just push a key uh, button, and it would it would automatically type it for them. And he noticed that on their macro, they had spelled guards wrong. They had spelled it G-U-R-A-D-S. And so he, of course, ran up and and started attacking them. And they start calling the guards, but nobody comes because it's spelled wrong. And uh, anyway, I won't won't keep going on on about that. Yeah, the goo rats. Why aren't the goo rats coming? (laughs) Goo rats, help. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like a cooler group of people to help you anyway. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, th- I thought that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. So yeah, I don't know. I I think the weekend what it taught me was just that I'm not really an MMO guy still. Like I I guess I, it's just not in my blood. I, I don't really. It, it doesn't do the stuff that I want my games to do. Uh, I I would much rather play by myself. You're the way with your MMOs that I am with my my shock games. I can't play anything after System Shock Two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just it's not serving up what you were excited for. I'm sure that they're all good in their own right. And I understand the people who do like them. And, you know, there's a lot of replay value in a game like that. Like if you can if you can pay fifteen dollars a month and be so satisfied that you don't have to play anything else, (laughs) then all the more power to you. I think that's awesome. And there are good wow likes out there. Rift is probably the best one. I mean, but, you know, it also it is very wow like and. If that's something that wears you down over time, like it does to me, then you have to take long six month breaks bef- between plays. What's the other one that's uh, 
It's Lycrift. It's another four-letter. Is it Terra? Is that what I'm thinking of? Uh, yeah, you might be thinking of Terra. They like, came, they, like, came out around the same time, and yeah. uh, they look pretty close. I have a hard time. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, T- Terra's really stylized Japanese. I think, I think I was in the Rift beta. I, I joined the beta for it, and I took, like, four steps in, and I was like, oh, God, it's WoW. <laughs> yeah. closed. Pretty mu- it pretty much is at first glance, and it was for a while until they started adding their own stuff to it to sort of make it stand out a bit. I, I, like I said, nothing against it. Uh, all the more power to you if that's the kind of thing that you dig. Speaking of shit that I don't dig, you know uh, in two weeks you have Diablo, uh, the expansion. Yeah, and the uh, actually the I believe the 2.0.1 patch for Diablo 3 dropped today, which is the loot 2.0 thing and uh, overhauls a few systems. And also there's some sort of a plus 50% XP thing going on for maybe like a week or so to get everybody prepped for the launch. So get your 50% XP. Yep. Well, sweet. That's, that's pretty that. exciting. Some. And since I have nothing to play, I've been replaying Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. It's a lot harder than I remember. There are there are a lot of games coming out this month, and I didn't realize how many. Like, Titanfall's next week. Dark Souls is next week. Except not for you, Jason. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. I, don't, I don't know if you heard, but the PC version is uh, April, I think they said. So, um, wow. have fun with that. <laughs> It actually, I was reading about it. I don't think it's going to be your kind of game anyway, because one of the things that I was reading that they said they changed is now your world can be invaded uh, anywhere. And it used <laughs> to be that. it used to be only that. in certain zones, but now yeah. apparently, anytime somebody's feeling it, they can come and invade your yeah. world. Yeah. So a, a very enhanced uh, thing on on PvP. So. I might uh, I might snatch that one from you since I already had it on pre-order for the original release and we'll 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 trade that in Diablo. I, yeah, I'm just saying I'm not gonna cry if you want to take that because I fear the times when I'm just trying to play my little single player game in my little I'm in my safe blanket I, fort and then some guy bursts in and rams a sword up my ass. I was excited uh, just to see how they do when they do a PC port while they've been planning on it. So, but obviously, uh, this is a big warning sign when the PC port is being released an entire month behind the consoles. Like, that's usually not indicative of, hey, guys, we spent a lot of time making it good. (laughs) Probably, it probably is the opposite where it was like, well, we have to do this. I mean, I'm the only one who, it's a good trade because I'm the only one who's really going to do the Diablo 3 expansion anyways. Nobody else would really want to take it, so... That is that is true. And I'm sorry, Jay, I didn't get around to it. I, pr- I made a promise to you and I broke it. I have the plan installed on my computer, but I just I didn't have a chance yet to. Uh-oh. So it's not my fault. You don't want to play a life changing experience. No, I do. I want to have my life changed and I want to cry um, really hard like you did. But I just haven't had a chance to cry from all thousand of your eyes. I just I want to I want to cry really, really bad. I'm going to get to that. Um, if you if you weren't aware, dear listener, the the Walking Dead season two, the second episode is now available. They just kind of surprised everybody with that today. So, uh, of course, by the time you hear this, it will have been yesterday. But well, it'll be tomorrow. Yeah, whenever uh, it's out. Time travel. It. It's time travel. Yeah, yeah. Go play it. And if you need to know how time travel works, Gerald will draw a fucking map for you. It's true. I'll I'll get I'll sit down with a piece of paper and. Uh, and I will draw everything for you. Yeah, it's close up shop. 
dear listener, thank you for joining us tonight and listening to me prattle on about nothing in particular, just just ruminations and thoughts and you know whatnot. And if you haven't already, you should go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime. You should tweet about the podcast. You should uh, follow us, subscribe to us on iTunes. You're gonna love it. Every week we do this. It's great. Sometimes we have more people. Sometimes we have less people. Sometimes we're healthy. Sometimes we're not healthy. It's really just a mixed bag. And uh, I'd love it if you would come on this adventure with us every every week. If you'd like to email us to tell us how wrong we are about anything, because we were probably wrong about most of what we said, uh, just shoot us an email at contact at com. We'll read it for you on the podcast, and we won't even use your full name or divulge your address um, unless you make us mad, in which case we might. So I make no promises, no guarantees. I think that I think that should do it. And this week's show is brought to you by Alka-Seltzer Plus, which I took before the show, and I don't feel any better. You actually, and I'm going to take one after the show. You sound a little better. You do sound a little better. I think you need to give Alka-Seltzer Plus a little more credit. I'm sorry, yeah. Alka-Seltzer. Is it, uh, is it a name brand, or is this knockoff Alka-Seltzer? Oh, this is, this is top shelf. It's Alka-Seltzer. All right, then. All right, well, then we're out. All right, farewell. Farewell.